When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Happy Sunday morning and happy birthday to old Christopher Giannini over there. You doing good, oh, buddy? Thank you, sir. You didn't have to do that. I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, uh, you know what? It's going to be a good day. Everything's wonderful. We got college football yesterday. We got NFL today. It's a little rainy outside. You don't have to worry about doing too much today. It's going to be a good day. Life is good. It is Sunday, November 22nd, and the Week 12 reaction and recap is officially here for the college football weekend. This is Winning Cures Everything. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And, uh, and you can find us over at winningcureseverything.com. This is a podcast exclusive, so if you are listening to it, one, we appreciate you. Uh, and two, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. That way you get these all the time. You get notified whenever we actually have a podcast. We go live Monday, Wednesday, Friday on all of the different live streaming platforms. That would be Periscope, Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube. And, uh, and we do our college football gambling stuff over at sportsbookreview.com. sbrpicks.com slash ncaaf is the website. Or you can just find us on YouTube over at SBR Picks. So go and find that bad boy. You can search it out in the search bar over on the YouTube. <laughs> I sound like an old man saying the YouTube, right? That's, That's a, all right. <laughs> my, my grandmother calls like the grocery store like the Kroger's. You know, it's yeah. kind of the same thing. Um, so we had some interesting things go down over the weekend. Um, Ohio State, Indiana was uh, was interesting. You know, we'll talk about Cincy, UCF, Northwestern. Uh, all sorts of stuff. Let's let's go ahead and dive into it. Let's let's discuss the biggest game of the day, which we didn't know if it would turn out to be the biggest game of the day, but it was certainly that you know with the rankings, and that was Ohio State forty two, Indiana thirty five, and the Hoosiers uh, for having like negative five yards rushing or whatever the total ended up being, uh, they stayed in this game thanks to nearly five hundred yards passing, and Michael Penix Jr. ate that secondary for breakfast, lunch, and dinner yesterday. So what we thought of Ohio State's defense is true. They are not great. They are just like Alabama and Florida. Yes. And um, um, what I thought of Indiana was true, which is this team can score on anybody. Well, maybe not anybody. They definitely could score on Ohio State. This was a, a much more fun game than I thought it was going to be. But uh, I thought they could get the backdoor cover. I didn't think they could hang with them. The whole second half, it looked like they were getting blown out. And the whole second half, man, they just played an unbelievable game. This is coaching. This oh, is yeah. going into halftime, getting your butt whipped and making adjustments and saying, we're going to go with this. I, you and I are traditionalists, okay? Yeah. We we used to, and I still do enjoy 
running the football, stopping the run. I believe that if you can run it on somebody and stop the run, I believe you can dominate, control most games yes. and dominate a lot of games. I, I So here's yes and no. That is still a true thing because you have to be able to put a game away. If you cannot yes. run, you can't put the game away, right? So That's Nick correct. Saban, is, he was giddy as a schoolgirl when they played against Georgia because – he was able to run out the last like seven minutes of yeah, clock. Seven, like, eight minutes. You go to go on yeah. the seven, eight minute drives and you can kill the game. Um we are getting, and I've I've brought this up on the NFL show several times. Last week was the most jarring week of it all, where well over half of the NFL teams won the game and not just won the game, they, some of them dominated and controlled the game. And they didn't get a hundred yards rushing from all their combined, not a rusher yeah. from all of their combined rush. And some of them weren't close to a hundred. Most of them didn't break 50 yards. That is translating into college where if you can throw on folks, you just abandon the run game. There was a day and a time where you and I looked at that as that is not how this game is supposed to be played. You can't win consistently doing that. I, I think those days are, I feel like such an old grandpa even thinking that way now because throwing the football has become so easy. It is the run game for some of these teams. Just yeah. throw it three to five yards and that's it. That's our run game. Yeah, there's there's ways because of how they, they I guess, the stats, the way the stats work, uh, a lot of things that we might would consider runs, you know, throws behind the line of scrimmage and stuff like that, uh, those are still considered passes. They're forward passes. You know, it, the, yeah. the stats in the NFL are different than college, uh, but even still, it doesn't matter. The majority of these plays are are throws down the field. Even if they are just a couple yards past the line of scrimmage, that's still a pass. There's still yes. the, the chance that something could very much go wrong there, uh, but these kids are so skilled, and and it doesn't matter. Like it, you, you find a way to get the ball out in space as opposed to, uh, handing it off where there's a delay, and then you've got the chance of, of getting whipped at the line of scrimmage, right? I, I think quarterbacks are so accurate today. Even even your you know average run of the mill quarterbacks, you don't have to be, um, you know Justin Fields. All right, yeah. you don't have to be Trevor Lawrence. All of these guys are crazy accurate. They don't all have insane arm strength, but these short intermediate passes. You don't need that. Now, those crossing routes that everybody's throwing across the middle, yeah, you kind of need a laser to fit that in or those are going to get picked. Yeah. Um, but 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 the replacing, quote-unquote, doing the air quotes, uh, of the run game with these short dump-off passes, that you don't need a cannon at all. You just need to be able to place it where your guy can catch it. I don't want to be the old man here. going to be the old man. It's my birthday. I guess I get to be the old man. <laughs> um. I, how much of this is equated to the fact that these guys wear these gloves that make it seem like they're they're just like they got to drop a football? <laughs> I mean, that's part of it. There's some guys. I that would don't. I would love. I just want to listen. Give me an exhibition. If I was a bowl game, I would want to see if I could get one of these high flying teams. Let me get UCF and Memphis to play. And I want to say nobody can use any gloves. We're going to go to per we're going to go into a dome. We're in perfect weather conditions, whatever. I want to see what your team looks like without this magical equipment. Yeah, I and they I might agree. be great. These guys might be just fine. They might be, but I'm going to tell you this: I kind of think that has a whole lot to do with. I, th I think it certainly has some. Um, let's. You brought up Justin Fields in there. Three interceptions yesterday. 
I, yeah, okay. He I I down there. I think he cost himself the Heisman. That's exactly what I and now, I don't want to overreact. Go, I like, didn't think because this is a stats thing. I didn't think I thought he would get invited because it's Justin Fields. Yeah. I didn't think he was close to winning it. He's not going to have enough games. And this is a stats award, man. And if you're going to get anybody as an honorable mention, just a, a nod to them to get invited to New York, it's going to be Ian Book. But there are too many other quarterbacks that are putting up hellacious numbers that, yes. that ain't going to be touched by somebody playing seven football games. Yeah, I, I agree with you. It, it amazed me watching it because it, it, some of these were just bad decisions. And Indiana's defense is not like this. This is oh, not no. Northwestern, brother. Nope. Like we're we're miles away from from <laughs> Northwestern here. It it made me believe that it, Ohio State could certainly get got. Now the rest of their schedule is just ludicrous. Like, no, they're, they they're going to move all through. They're not going to have a quality win on the season outside of this Indiana win. Indiana's schedule gets pretty brutal after this. There's a world in which Indiana finishes with three losses, and and I, I just wonder at what point do we say this is the best Ohio State team we got? That that look at their schedule. They're I, not going to have a quality opponent until the Big Ten championship game. Yeah, because you can't count on Michigan. They it, it's not that it's not that Indiana's schedule gets brutal. They've got Maryland coming up, and who knows if that game gets played? Right, it, Maryland's had to cancel a couple. Of okay, games that's already. fine. They got um, they got Wisconsin. They've got and Wisconsin they got, uh, and Purdue. And Purdue, I, I think those are two really good teams. I yeah, think no, they, they can lose both those games. They certainly are, and they, it's not like they've had a lot of success against Purdue, you know. So no, uh, who who knows what what to make of those? But it, it's also gets his head out of his ass. Purdue will beat that team pretty good. It's also not uh, that out of the realm of possibility that they win, right? It, it's oh. we, we're not talking up losses for for Indiana. That's right. That's um, right. I like this Indiana team. I really yeah. love Tom Allen. I like the coach. I like what he's doing there. What he's building there. I don't, but it would it would certainly it would certainly this, be a disappointment if if they were to lose two more ball games and go five and three after starting out this year four zero. That's like, right. That's it, right. Well, and then we see how bad Michigan is. We see how bad Penn State is, and we say, "Hmm, all right, was that four and zero really worth the damn?" Because who did they beat then? Yeah, like they won't have a quality win on their resume either. Yes, you're you're correct. Now they'll still feel good about it because it's Indiana, but oh you no, know. and they and they should feel good about it. By yes. the way, they should. Even even in down years for Michigan and Penn State, they've always been able to handle Indiana, and they couldn't get it done this year. So correct. Um, we'll move on from there. Let's go ahead and bring up Cincinnati and in uh, Central Florida. And you know, we talk about Justin Fields possibly costing himself the Heisman, even in a win. You know, did Cincinnati possibly cost themselves a shot at the playoff with a close win and giving up a late Dutch down there? They were they were up by double digits. Um, and maybe not, maybe it doesn't matter. It's 36, 33 was the final. I, it may not matter. Like it just, you know, you got to win your clunkers, right? Like we, we've talked about that. Uh, the solid verbal says that a lot, like win your clunkers. That's the biggest thing. But when you are in a position where Cincinnati is, where you're already on the outside looking in and you got to put up some style points, uh, this was, uh, this was not ideal. So have happened. Okay. Yeah. Here's the deal. Get out with the win. If you can't blow the team out, you just make sure you win the game. Yeah. When they gave up that touchdown at the end to to give up the cover, fucking cover. I uh, <laughs> you, when you're Cincinnati, I don't think anybody looks at that. Any of the committee people are looking at that, saying, "Oh, because they had had the game in hand." Like you can give up this score, you're going to get the ball back, 
in a couple of first downs and you, you you're kneeling the, the clock out. And so that score didn't matter. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, yes, I'm with you. I'm also, you know, I'm also curious because I, it, it was a close game. There was a lot, uh, there was a lot there. The post game. Hey, the post. I watched every second of this game. Okay, you were watching the Alabama game. I was watching this game. All right. I, I, I did have I this watched. one on one of my screens. I don't but. get you. You weren't watching this game. You were watching your team, and I watched this game. And I'm telling you, they got down early, and as soon as they got the lead, they never gave up the lead. Yeah. No. And no. They, no. Agree. They agree. continued to be two scores up on them the entire second half, all the way through. You know the you know I like the analytics right post game win expectancy all that kind of stuff in Cincinnati uh, with the stats and with the way that the game went da 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 da, da Cincinnati would win that game ninety eight percent of the time so yes yes they certainly this was, this was domination yes they certainly handled the game um, but I, I just I wonder what the committee looks at right. Like that's I, I wonder well, the if this is not giving them a chance though, Gary, like they could have beat them by 40. They could have did what BYU did to South Alabama. All right. And, and beat them by 50. And they're, then they would have just said UCF wasn't any good. Right. They're just, yes. They're going to say, you just not any good. You're, you're too little. You don't belong here. That's what they tell these teams. Yeah. You don't belong. Yeah. I think, I think you got a point there. I think you got a point there. College um, football committee is, and college football in general as a sport is very much a, a league of elitist. It's the haves and the have nots. And, and, and if you're not a part of one of our big fraternities, you don't, you don't belong here. Central Florida had 359 total yards of offense, 243 passing, which is not great considering what they usually do. What um, they usually do, yes. Yeah, that you, was down usually, for them. Big yeah, time down for them. They're, they're typically somewhere around 400 yards passing every game. I mean, it's it's crazy. Um, they were 11 of 19 on third down since he was only 5 of 14. Uh, kind of surprised at that. But uh, but as far as domination goes, like it, I was I was surprised at the penalties from Cincinnati, 11 yep. for 86. Sloppy. Uh, played sloppy, sloppy but but they held the football for 37 minutes in the game to only yeah. 23. So now they 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 gave up two quick scores. They gave up two quick scores in the first quarter and got down 14 nothing. Yeah, and then after that, if you if you stop the game there and start it the second after the the the, the 14 nothing happens, since they dominates dominates the football game. Did you see? So Desmond Ritter's stats were uh, were pretty crazy. Like twenty one well, out of thirty two, he's, re- he's like, really good. Yeah, he's he has gotten really good because he could not pass last year for nope. nothing. Nope. Uh, but nope. This is why this is why against SMU, the very first of these three games that they got to play, I was worried about him, and I thought, well, they're just gonna have to run the football and dominate the game from a run per- perspective. Brother, this guy can sling it. Now I know Central Florida's defense is not great. Memphis's defense is not great. SMU's defense is not great. Houston's defense is not great, but. Last year they weren't great, and he he wasn't able to do this. Yeah, now, 20, with his ability to run and throw the way he does, I'm telling you, man, he is crazy impressive. I think out of all the quarterbacks in college football this year, he's who I would call most improved. I would, yeah, I you know what, I'd go with that. I'd go with that. Uh, Twenty one out of thirty two, three hundred thirty eight yards, two touchdowns. He also ran two touchdowns, had fourteen carries for fifty seven yards. He was their offense. Like he, I think he, this guy can play on Sundays. Oh, I. But it, it's it's strictly because of his legs. You mean to may, tell yeah, me? Maybe so. Maybe he, so. Yeah. Hang on. He doesn't have the arm, the cannon that Josh Allen does. He's he's more accurate with the football than Josh Allen is. 
That is true. You mean to okay. tell me he's not better than Josh Allen or as good as Josh Allen? I mean, he's you know he's got the size. I don't need him to be Patrick. I don't need him to be Russell. He's six. I need him to be Josh Allen. Yeah. I, okay. Okay. I I'd take him right now in a Cleveland Browns uniform tomorrow. I'd take him right now in a Patriots uniform tomorrow. Tomorrow, <laughs> I'd take that kid over anybody on both those rosters. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I could get with that. I could get with that. Um, I love this dude. No, I love, he's he's you know fun. Me. He's I a fall, competitor. I fall in and out. Of, I, well, I don't fall out of love very much. I fall in love with these guys real quick, but I've watched him for two years. What I saw from him last year and what I'm seeing from him this year, I, I this is now super poor man, super, super, super poor man. But this is the difference between Joe Burrow's first year at LSU and his second year at LSU. Um, super poor man, but last year he could not do this. Okay. And now okay. not only can he do this, he's doing it against everybody. That, okay. Yeah. I can, I can get with that. I can get he, with that. You, you understand that there's a level different, the massive yes. step down difference. But. Yes. I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. It's not, it, it's not apples to oranges, but looking at the, the progression, Yes. Okay. I can I can get with it. I can understand I where you're coming from. I think this kid's really good. He's really fun to watch. Cincinnati's in a good place. And if he's not good enough to go play on Sundays, he can come back next year and play because this year don't count. That's it. The only real game left for Cincinnati is... They got um, one on the board. That's Tulsa. Yeah, they, they got they got Tulsa, and, and there is some magic happening down there. We'll talk about that once we get into the AAC. Uh, let's move on to Northwestern. And, man, um, I'm going to tell you a stat. That or one of these advanced stat, you know, uh, analytic numbers. Post game win expectancy, Wisconsin would win this game with with the way the game went ninety percent of the time, and they got beat seventeen to seven. That surprised you? Yeah, but you know how I hate those stats because I, I, I know watched, you do. I watched this game, and we were we were right there watching all this, I, all of I this game together. Felt like Northwestern kind of Domin- dominated. I thought they dominated the football game. But, I thought they dominated the football game, but it's it's a it's the turnovers, right? Like that's, well, that's what won them the ball. So, game. so the reason that win expected thing is because of yards, because Wisconsin got a shitload of yards and then turned the ball over, and then they got a shitload of yards and then turned the ball over, they, and they got a shitload of yards and then turned the ball over. Well, you know what? That, yards don't mean dick. Okay. Uh, no, you're right about that. What do you take Listen. to the bank? Well, I tell us all the time. We don't take percentages to the bank. We take money to the bank. We yes. take checks to the bank. We take, take points. points to the bank. Yep, points to the I bank. I don't give a hot damn about yards. Total don't yards. Call me about yards. Wisconsin, 366 total yards. Northwestern, only 263. So they gained them by 100 yards uh, passing. Northwestern had more passing yards than Wisconsin did, 239 to 230. Wisconsin ran the ball 40 times for 136 yards. That's only 3.4 yards per carry, which is a pretty good defensive performance. Um, however, on the other side, Wisconsin held Northwestern to 24 rushes, uh, 24 rushing yards, sorry, yards. on 23 rushes. So, so about one yard two, This is two weeks in a row where with, uh, Northwestern can't run the football. I knew they wouldn't go be able to run the football in Wisconsin after I saw they couldn't run the football in Purdue. Yeah. Okay, so that didn't surprise me. And offensively, yeah, this this passing offense got going a little bit. Um, these are two good defenses. This game, outside of the outcome, this game went exactly, and not that the outcome surprised me or shocked me, this game went exactly the way I thought it was. I thought they ain't no way in hell either one of these teams are getting 20. 
the first, if somebody gets to 20, they beat the hell out of the other team. Yeah. That's what I thought. Nobody was getting to 20. And when, and when Northwestern got, and what I say in our, in our closing lines on SBR a video, if one of these teams gets up two scores, that might be ball game. Oh yeah. Because I just don't see either one of these teams being able to come from behind two scores on either of these defenses. Well, that's a, so the interesting thing about this, you know, typically Fitz wants them to keep that offense 50 50, right? And, and I know it's he does. running passing. But in this game, 45 passes and only 23 rushes. And I thought it was fantastic. Like, I, Fitz they, has got to stop. Fitz has got to stop handcuffing this offense. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Peyton Ramsey was uh, 23 out of 44, 203 yards, two touchdowns. Like, it, pretty, pretty good numbers. Like, he did, he did all right. No interceptions. Uh, Wisconsin. Like, the biggest difference in this game, Wisconsin had five turnovers. Wisconsin lost, uh, sorry, Wisconsin lost five turnovers. Northwestern lost one fumble, and that was it. Yeah. Um, hey, Peyton Ramsey played a clean game, okay? Yeah. Because up until this game, man, that dude, even when he didn't turn the ball over, there were two or three passes against Purdue that should have been picked off if they were against any other defense. He's given other teams plenty of opportunities to take the ball away. And I was I was very afraid of that in this game. And he played a clean game. He really didn't give them a chance to 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 intercept anything. He, he missed a couple throws, but he always missed where nobody could catch it if his guy couldn't catch it. Yeah, no, you're, I, I, you're right. That was a big improvement from the first four games. So now we we don't have to hear about Wisconsin playoff talk and all that all that crazy stuff, right? We're we're good on that. However, um, you know they've got Minnesota. Indiana and Iowa left. They they got two losable games left. I don't think that they can lose to Minnesota. I just don't think that's possible. Um, yep, I agree. And then after that, now do we start to get in the conversation of Northwestern as a playoff team? And I know the offense has not been great, right? They, they, they've scored, after the 43-3 beating of Maryland, they have scored 21 against Iowa, 21 against Nebraska, 27 against Purdue, and 17 against Wisconsin. Not... Highly uh, prolific offensive numbers, right? It never, never has been, never will be, all that kind of stuff. But they've got Michigan State, Minnesota, and Illinois left. Yeah, no, they're gonna, they're gonna sweep. They're going undefeated until they got a date with Ohio State. That's that's kind of what it looks like. And and I'm gonna tell you this: if Justin Fields shows up looking like he looked yesterday, our boys at NU are going to win that ball game, and then we won't have this conversation at all. So I don't know if Northwestern has enough of an offense, but we'll we'll talk about that game when we get there. But if they go eight and zero in the Big Ten, they have a shot at the playoff. It, it like this is not Hang somebody on. if that they it, go eight. No, you're talking about if they go nine and zero. Well, yeah, if they go eight and zero leading into the Big Ten championship game. So, so you if they finish nine and one, I I think that the winner of Ohio State and Northwestern would go to the playoff. I agree with that. Absolutely. It, it, because nobody is talking about Northwestern as a possibility at all. No, because nobody foresees that as a realistic thing because nobody's been watching them because nobody – we put Indiana with the same record as them as a, as a, as a top-ten team, and they were barely in the top 25 at 23 two weeks ago. Okay? That's the horse shit that we deal with in the rankings. All right? Yeah. Because people looked at Indiana's laundry and they said, "Oh, your laundry is better than Ohio's uh, than, than Northwestern's laundry." That's bullshit, by the way. Yeah, that's I think, wrong. I think definitively I agree. wrong. Now, can they get in as an eight and one team if they lose to Ohio State? 
I don't see it. I don't think they're going to be able to get it strictly because of committee biases. They're going to yeah. put in an A&M. They're going to put in a, a – I, I, there's a world where they might put in a two-loss Florida team. The the ACC loser, you know, that, could they put in a two-loss Clemson team over them? Probably. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's – and it's all it's, it's all about respect. It's the same reason Cincinnati has zero prayer. It doesn't matter if they beat somebody by forty or if they beat them by two. They just, in the eyes of the people that run this sport, they don't belong. Yes, yes, I I agree. I agree a hundred percent. It infuriates me. You know that. I and I also think it would be fun to have a team like them in because they would give so much contrast to the other teams because all the other teams are going to look the exact same. All the other teams are now playing the identical style of football. We're just going to put up a lot of points and we're just going to say to hell with it with defense. Yeah, I mean it's so so the advanced box score for Northwestern in this game uh, standard. Uh, well, hold on. Let's let's talk about the success rate first. Wisconsin thirty four percent, Northwestern only twenty five percent. Success rate, by the way, for anybody that listens, whenever I talk about this metric, it is basically um, did you get you know thirty percent of the yards that you need on first down, fifty percent that you need on second down, and the rest on third down, right? So like it it's it's that kind of deal. Um, there's a lot. The less third downs, the less third downs you have, the better. Yes, a hundred percent. Yards per play, Wisconsin had four point six two to three point eight five. Um, you know, standard down success rate forty percent for Wisconsin, thirty six percent or thirty four percent for Northwestern. Uh, rushing success rate forty one percent for Wisconsin. We know that they weren't all able these to run things. the football. Like it, it, it was, it was insane. It was just everything about this game was. In favor of Wisconsin, and Northwestern held them to seven points. And it just, it, it it's really, it's amazing. It's amazing to watch a team be able to win like this. And and I love it. Like, I absolutely love this team. They are they are so different, you know. And it, I think that's what's so fun about them is that they are completely different from everybody else and, and what everybody else is doing. And I think that that is such a shock to the system, even to, even to a team like Wisconsin. It is so different from what you typically play that I think that I would give them a chance in a playoff setting. Now, they'd probably be a four seed going up against, you know, Alabama or uh, Notre Dame or whatever. And if they play against Notre Dame, I think they got a, a great shot. Um, it, it might be kind of difficult against Alabama, but that secondary for Northwestern is absolutely legit. Like, this is a great defense and a great football team. I am... I'm curious. I, I can't wait for the SP Plus numbers to come out because I think Northwestern's got the best defense in the country. Well, they, I, no, I, that's not arguable, okay? I mean, maybe I guess Notre Dame because Notre Dame's played so many more games already. Um, and against weaker competition. Yes, it has been against weaker competition, but, you know, it, it ain't like some of those teams they've played are brain busters, all right? Yeah. Um, the problem with getting them into the playoff if they lose to Ohio State is – we just saw that contrast against. Yeah, it, it was. Well, depends on how the game goes. It, yes, it, we just saw this contrast in the Big Ten title game, and so why do we think if we let them in, we'll get a different outcome against a different team that plays exactly like Ohio State? That that well, you're probably right. They will be the four seed if they got in with that one loss, and then you're saying so now we think they're going to fare better against a better team than Ohio State, like. That, that's well, I guess, the issue. You know now, what? if Notre Dame if Notre Dame goes undefeated and Notre Dame jumps Bama, 
and gets that number one spot, then then you're right. This Northwestern team, they that game would be incredible. Yes. I would love love to see Notre Dame North uh, Ohio uh, Notre Dame right now. Yeah, Notre Dame and Northwestern right Northwestern, now would be a lot of fun. It. That's yeah. it. Yeah, that would be that would be a lot of fun. Um, so interesting th- thought. The guys talked about this. Uh, our boys from from Northwestern Westlock guys. David Bell was recruited heavily by Northwestern and strongly considered coming there. Bell has quickly become my favorite receiver in the country um, for Purdue. And that guy's just a bulldog. He fights for every ball. I, I like fight in a receiver. That's what I like. Yeah. Um, some guys are – Moore is, is an athletic freak. Okay, there are just some guys – a Waddle. Waddle is an athletic freak. There are guys that that don't have that athleticism, and it's just all work and all hustle and all heart and and just out, out fights everybody for every ball. And you know why it was just a no-brainer to pick Purdue over Northwestern? Because Nick McCall was their OC. Yeah, okay? yeah Mick, Mick there, McCall is, is awful. Like there, with, uh, there, is a, there is a world in which – in the future, Northwestern starts landing some of these guys. Oh, 100%. And then, and then if they can, if Pat can keep this defense the way it's been for the last decade and they can build an offense around it, they really can become a national Oh, power. but, but Jakeian has been uh, a godsend for them. They don't have elite talent at the running back position. They don't have elite talent at the, uh, at the wide receiver position. I think – if they can start getting guys like Bell to say, hey, we're not running this bullshit 1930s offense anymore. Come play here. We can be fun, too. And look at the defense that we have. You're going to have so many more opportunities on the field because the other team isn't eating clock. They're getting three and out, and you're getting back on the field. Like, I I think there's some some draw and allure there. You, you know how I feel about the campus. That's the prettiest campus I've ever been on. Okay. I've I've walked the, har- the the halls of Harvard. Okay, I've I've been to some of the most beautiful places that are, that are schools in the country. I thought that campus was gorgeous. Oh, gorgeous. It, it absolutely is. It, you're you're in Chicago, just outside. Like this is this is where I if I was smart enough to get into school and I could do life over again, I would absolutely want to go to school there. They can get a fun offense. They start landing some running back talent, they start landing some receiver talent. We we might be seeing a changing of the guard. Oh yeah. And and this this will be what Stanford was with uh with Jim Harbaugh, right? Yeah. Like yeah. they they could end up being really really good uh as opposed to just like plucky good. Does that know? seem far-fetched though? Like I feel saying that people no. are laughing. People who who haven't paid attention to this team are laughing. They are two dynamic skill players away from being a different level team. If they had a Bell and 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 a, and one of these great running backs over over what they've got now, I, I think this team is worlds different offensively. Yeah, I'm I'm not. So I used to be super high on Bowser. I feel like he's uh, he's regressed a little bit. Well, he just um, doesn't have speed. He yeah. got power. He's a strong, dude. Well, but he, but he also like man, in the Big he, Ten, you got to be able to outrun. When that hole is open, agreed. great running backs hit that hole and disappear. And sluggish running backs, they yeah, barely I, make it to the hole, and then they get hit by linebackers. I think his I think his biggest problem is he makes horrible reads at the line. Like he he doesn't follow the blocks. He doesn't like bust outside when when the hole opens up on that side. Like he runs directly behind his blockers. All it. it 
It, and it wasn't as much just in this game. It's just all season he's been like that. And well, they just, it's, it, I think, I think from the running back position, it comes down to speed. It's the difference between why they get three yards a touch and a great running back would get six. Well, it's, it, it, but it's not it's because it takes that extra three yards for you to catch the running back by the linebacker, and these other guys just aren't fast enough, and they get caught pretty quickly. Linebacker play right now in college football is pretty good. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely pretty good. It is so. It's Bowser, why all these behind the line of scrimmage passes are infuriating to me. They're just infuriating to me. None of them work. There was a day and a time where they worked all the time because linebackers couldn't catch up to them, and now linebackers are lightning fast. And if you catch the ball behind the line of scrimmage, at best you're getting two yards. Yeah. At best, these guys don't miss. A open field tackles. It pisses me off. Jeff Brom, get your head out of your ass. The uh, the Bowser thing, we'll talk about Jeff Brom a little bit. <laughs> the the Jeff Bowser, uh, sorry, the Isaiah Bowser stuff is is very much akin to uh, Trent Richardson. Trent Richardson had all the speed in the world, and it's not that Bowser's got a bunch of speed and all that. It is that he just could not find the open hole. They were there. He just made horrible reads. He just could not see the field because he, you know that Trent Richardson is talented. Like, when he had people that just kind of walked him into those holes, like, he could bust one and get out of there. Like, he he showed it at Alabama. It was great. In the NFL, he you how many different memes did you see where there was, on the left side, wide open field, but he's running directly into the pile? And that's what I see out of Bowser is he's not seeing the field for whatever reason. And that's what drives me nuts. So now you would think coaching would fix that, though. You would think so, but man, there's you as He's a, as be a, a smart player, kid to be at Northwestern. Yeah, Trent Richardson can't read, and that's it, yeah. He can't and read it, a defense. He can't read a book. He can't. He can't read. Well, that's that's where I mean, he's he is a more. He's got an IQ that's that's barely in the double digits. Well, that that's the other side of this where people will uh, will say no, Northwestern can never be a powerhouse because they can't get kids into school. Right. This is true. Everybody that's in Purdue could could play it. Moore and Bell could 100% get into Northwestern. I know the Northwestern guys might laugh at that. Look, there's a all these Big Ten schools are really, really hard to get in. Not all of them. Ohio State, any more I could get into. They're dumbasses. <laughs> I, I would probably guess, this is a stereotype, I would probably guess Wisconsin and Iowa. About the same. Okay, I, I could be way wrong on that. They could be academic geniuses. I don't know. Every kid at Michigan could probably get into Northwestern as a football player. Every kid at Purdue could get into Northwestern right now. But every kid at Notre Dame. And these guys have, have gotten elite talent at these other skill positions in the past. If they don't have it now, they've gotten them in the past. We could get them in. You've got to out, but that's who you're out recruiting. You've got to out recruit Notre Dame, tough place to recruit. Got to out recruit Michigan, tough place, tough place to beat them. And you got to out recruit Purdue, which I think you should be able to beat Purdue unless these kids just have a desire to go to the moon. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I can get with that. I can get with that. Let's uh, let's move on to the Sun Belt right quick. We spent a long time on on that one. We're already 33 minutes deep in this thing, um, or 34, I guess. Coastal Carolina 34, App State 23. Coastal is for real. Like, let's go shots. Let's go Coach Chadwell. Let's go Grayson McCall. All this junt. Uh, Isaiah Likely, three catches, 118 yards, one touchdown. Grayson McCall ran the football, 14 carries, 69 yards. C.J. Marable, five carries, 65 yards. Uh, this, this team looked legit. They had 200 yards passing, 169 yards rushing, and... You know, App State had 400 yards of total offense, but they they could not get it done when they needed to get it done. And I 
Love it. Zach Thomas had three picks in this game, but he was 17 out of 29, 211 yards, one touchdown. But those three picks were deadly, absolutely deadly. They lost a fumble. Um, you know, Grayson McCall lost one fumble and had no picks. So, like, the turnover battle was won by Coastal, and they handled this game. The win percentage for them, by the way, uh, post-game win percentage, win expectancy, whatever, 78% for Coastal. Like, this was not a surprise. This it's is what was supposed to happen. because up until the fourth quarter, they were kind of getting pushed around a lot, you know? Yeah, and that's that's what it felt like the whole game for me, right? The whole game, but... I was worried about this game. I stressed about this game quite a bit. Watched a lot of it, and and I I, I was it, my the the old BP was going up. Okay. Well, so they they scored a touchdown to uh, to take the lead with the lead. Uh, right. with two minutes and twenty four seconds left. Then and they got then they got one of the turnovers. However, that, right? they the turnover that they did lose was heading into the end zone, so they would have been oh, no. ahead earlier than that. But uh, but they did take the lead. With uh, with two minutes and twenty four seconds left in the fourth quarter to go up twenty seven twenty three, and then of course the Jordan Strong gets a thirty eight yard interception return for a touchdown with a minute twenty left, uh, and that that sealed it thirty four twenty three ball game. Uh, this was a fantastic game, fantastic. I love the teal field, man. It is tough to watch on television, especially early so morning. I know? don't, I don't love the teal field because. It's really hard to watch a game on it. It, it looks like uh, uh, JP uh, Saturday morning SEC nineteen nineties like early nineties football. I don't. I like. I I appreciate unique. I appreciate weird. I understand those things. I don't love it because my only purpose for watching these games is I want to watch the game, and I find it very distracting, and I want no distractions at all. And totally fair. Totally fair. So Coastal is eight no. Right now, they are currently 15. They will probably be ranked higher. Uh, well, once yeah, a couple we, guys are going to fall out. Yeah, a couple of guys are going to fall out. Uh, but I would imagine Northwestern is going to jump them. Uh, uh, they should. Northwestern yeah. should jump a lot of people. What were they, 20th last week? Well, 19th, and then Wisconsin was 10th. So they'll probably just take Wisconsin's spot. Indiana was in the top 10. Yeah, they'll drop out. Um yeah, they I mean, need that's... they need to catapult up. They need to say we were wrong. This is why I hate rankings is because we're so married to, well, when you got here, you were at this place and I can't let you move up past somebody who is already over you. No, you can absolutely say, Oh, we ranked you wrong the last two weeks. Let's put you where you belong. Yeah. I'd, I'd be good with that. Why is that wrong? Why is that not acceptable or okay? Uh, it's totally fine to me. And that's how I would be ranking ballots if they asked me, but, uh, but I'm not, well, you and I used to do like a a top 25 every year is one of the things we kind of did. And we made a rule every week. We, we literally shred the last week's top 25. Do not care what it said. Do not care where they were ranked last week. That's irrelevant. This is a hundred percent based off of the entire resume and if somebody was third last week and they lost a game, but we realized, no, they shouldn't have been ranked at all. We overrated them. Michigan, example. Yeah. If 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 we super overranked Michigan after week one, and then we saw, oh, no, they're not good. It, throw them out. Throw them out. Yeah. I don't care that I had them fourth overall. You don't just drop them down to, like, ninth. No, you just throw them the hell out. Yeah, Coastal deserves to be uh, in the top ten, I think. Oh, I think so, so too. I, um, I think they do. So they're they're eight and zero. They have got Texas State this week, and then on December fifth, they have got Liberty coming to town. And I could not be more excited about this. 
Uh, Liberty, of course, we'll, we'll talk about that game here in just a little bit. Um, but in, in week 14, like, this is what we're looking at as far as top 25 matchups. You know, you, you've got uh, Texas A&M and Auburn. Uh, but Auburn, it, it, one of those two teams I would imagine will have a loss. Auburn has to play Alabama this coming week. Indiana and Wisconsin is that week. Um, you got, uh, let's see, I think that's it for the top 25 games. So that is yeah. a week where they could 100% take college game day to the Teal Field. It's going to be an I, ESPN game. I, I, that's fine. If they do, good for Coastal. This is a one-sided trip, though. Because that is my issue with that is, is is Liberty fell off a lot last night. Now, not that Liberty's bad, and all of a sudden we can throw them in the garbage. They played like shit last night. Yeah. Here's here's the other issue that I have, or not issue. This is not an issue I have. Uh, my wonder about ESPN. So, not to not to get political, but ESPN's made it kind of clear the side of the aisle they want to kind of be on. Do you think that they want to showcase Liberty? Uh, so, it, it, what would make it easier? And their partnership with the SEC Network. Do you think Sankey has called them and said, uh, "I would like for you to not showcase Mr. Hugh Freeze"? I maybe. I mean, it, those but, are two things that I think will keep them from going there this week. Yeah, maybe so. I I, I think it's easier Am I wrong to sell for it. That? No, no, no. Over, I, over... No, I, I brought it up to you yesterday. I said that the political leanings might keep them oh, away from the Falwells. I, I guess I didn't. I, I yeah, no, didn't I, I texted. I was, I was probably drunk as hell. So. <laughs> I texted you last night and was like, the only reason I could see them not doing it is if they did not want to showcase the Falwells, right? Because we, we know ESPN is but a left-leaning organization. The, I don't think it's just the Falwells. But I did not I, think I, about the Hugh Freeze situation. Man, right? you, you, know, you know how close Sankey is with the ESPN. I mean, that contract is, is their baby. It is. It most certainly is. But, but it, I guarantee it, you that call, that text has been sent to say, "Hey, y'all do what you want. It's your organization. But if if you want my this is this is boosters getting involved, but not being involved. Hire who you want, but I'm not a fan of this guy. And you know that means if you hire him, my checks might not start coming in. I might start looking for greener pastures, or I might just be a thorn in your side." Yeah, it's entirely possible, and 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 if they make a different decision that day, that will be why. But I think it is an easier I, I think sell. That'll be why, by the way. I, it is an easier sell because it is at Coastal, right? Like it's not like you're going to Liberty. If they were going to no, Liberty, uh, no, there's no way they would then, go to Liberty. Yeah, that, but, that that wouldn't happen. They wouldn't step foot on Liberty. But uh, but they could certainly go to Coastal and then highlight the shots, right? Because the shots have been like the America's darling this year. Everybody's I, been talking about that, them every but week. But you you always on game day you have they and they do a great job of this of giving equal time to both teams. That yeah, that is true. That's the only problem I see. If you go somewhere else, you can spend thirty minutes of your game day blowing and highlighting the shots. And yeah. you never have to bring up Liberty except for they're an exciting team. They're they've overstepped and, and over not overstepped, overachieved, and, and they they're two and, and one in the against ACC power five opponents, and this should be a great matchup. And that's all you have to get into it with them. Yeah. Yeah. But if you go to the game, you gotta talk to Hugh. You, they talk to both coaches. You gotta showcase both teams. You just have to. And they uh, to be fair, ESPN has been very much a part of this whole uh, revival for, for Hugh Freeze, right? Oh, they've been a they, part of it. Well, they have it's sold good, it. I would say this, it's good ratings. It's good TV for yeah. them. 
And and that might be like they might do that. But it, yeah. if if Sankey does talk to him and say, whoa, 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 hey, my uh, only problem with that is is that is a show that you don't have to do anything for ratings. That's the best show on TV. Yeah, I think I think you might be right about that. I think you might be right. Let's uh, let's move off of that right quick. Let's jump into a, uh, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Bedlam was anything but last night. Uh, Forty-one to thirteen. What a what a disaster! Like what the hell, Mike Gundy? I, it just it put up some kind of fight, man. I I was so irritated at this game because I expected it to be at least somewhat competitive, and it was anything but that. Uh, Spencer Rattler, seventeen out of twenty-four, three hundred one yards, four touchdowns. He was at, just incredible. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, twenty-six carries, one hundred forty-one yards, rushing the football. Uh, just you know. Fantastic performance by Oklahoma. They they came out of the gate and just took control of this ball game and never gave it up. Uh, Spencer Sanders, ten out of nineteen passing, ninety seven yards. He threw a pick. Shane Illingsworth came in or Illingworth, excuse me. Uh, he, he did not fare better. Five out of twenty one, seventy one yards, one touchdown. Chuba Hubbard ran eight times for forty four yards. L D Brown ran ten times for twenty three. Desmond Jackson three for twenty six. I mean, it was just. Uh, it was just putrid. Like it, all of it was putrid. It was uh, an ugly football game. Oklahoma State was never in it. They were never in the game. It was twenty-one to seven at the end of the first quarter, and that was all she wrote. You know, it just—I I don't know what happened, but it does put us in an interesting predicament uh, as far as the Big Twelve goes. And we'll we'll talk about the Big Twelve standings and whatnot uh, as we get into all these conference uh, breakdowns. So let's go on and do kind of our, our little rapid fire uh, where we. We'll pick out something to discuss uh, with each of these conferences. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Moving on to the SEC first, LSU 27, Arkansas 24, Tigers are 12-0 and after a loss under Ed Orgeron. So as bad as they looked against Auburn, they came back and looked pretty good against Arkansas. You feel good about your Tigers? Yeah, uh, what I liked most about my Tigers was the amount of fight that they played on defense. I did not think that they would be able to stop the run. Arkansas had one big run on the outside edge. Now they definitely found themselves with a couple of uh, secondary mishaps, let's say, where guys were just 
wide ass yes. open, completely yes. forgotten coverage, blown coverage. I think Bo Pelini, now he said he has dumbed down his defense a lot. And his excuse for the first several weeks was, I was trying to walk in with very limited practice and and run a complex, complicated defense. Okay, all right. I, I understand and appreciate that. Let's let's see what happens when we dumb this thing down. This was the first game that they've really dumbed down the defense uh, uh, and, and, and the scheming, and, uh, and, and they did well. Now, they did well against Felipe Franks, but they also did well against Kendall Brow. Okay, and you know yeah. how much I respect and, and, and appreciate him as a, as a play caller. Um, what I liked about this game was it was hard fault. What I didn't like about this game was the SEC officiating is as bad as it's ever been. Oh, Lord, yes. The, the now, targeting they, did not, was, they did not blow this uh, game for either one of these teams. Yeah. But there were two um, uh, targeting calls, one against LSU in the second quarter, that the kid did exactly what you're supposed to do. He literally turns his head as hard left as he can turn it while making the tackle and leads with his shoulder. The problem is, is the running back or the the receiver also turned his head to his right, the, the, the DB's left, and their shoulders collide, and then both their helmets collide really hard because they both turn their heads to try to not lead with their helmet. Yeah. But because you both turn your heads the same way, even though you both led with your shoulder, it's a targeting that kid's thrown out of the game. That's they did what you asked them to do, which is not lead with the helmet, but they both happened to try to avoid the, I mean, it's what you do when you get to the mall and you dance with somebody you don't know. You're just like, Oh, you're going left. I'm going right. Oh, which way we're going. Like they did that. They didn't lead. He didn't launch. He did everything he's supposed to the f- middle of the fourth quarter, probably early in the fourth quarter, Arkansas's DB lowers a boom leading cleanly with the shoulder hits about collarbone level. Yeah. He, he actually stood up to yes. like to make the tackle. Like it, yes, he, he leads with his shoulder only hits with his shoulder, but he's about collarbone level, but it, because he hits him so hard, the, the receiver's head snaps down forward just like if you're in a car wreck you fly forward yeah and and then his helmet hits the guy's shoulder pad and then he flies to the ground vicious hit rough hit a hundred percent clean hit i can't believe that they reviewed both of those hits upheld both the targeting that's a problem lsu had two big passes one for 20 something yards in a game in which neither one of these teams really got an offensive drive going um both defenses played wonderfully in this game um two big plays one for 20 something yards one for about 13 or 14 yards both on second down two complete pancake blocks and i'm talking pancake blocks called for holding the arm wasn't outside the elbow or outside the shoulder pad nothing what you do as an offensive lineman is when you're pass blocking you give ground you immediately take steps backwards you let the guy come at you. You then begin to push him sideways to make a pocket, right? Yeah. And then both times, two different guys had an opportunity to where they had leverage. And once the guy was turning, they got him up and they got him straight on the ground. 
and they called both of those for holding. So then you got in a bad third, way deep third down play, which the offense was struggling anyway. Don't get the third down. They punt. Completely changes the drive. Both of those would have put LSU in field goal range. I think those two calls. But Arkansas had a couple of pretty egregious calls go against them also in the game that weren't just a targeting. It's just bad. I know that officiating, I've talked a lot and I've, I've ran a lot. Today. No, you're sorry. good. You're good. I know that officiating is hard. I know it's a really hard job. We need, there's no other job in the world in which you can be this bad at it and keep your job. We need Agreed. to pay these guys more. We need to get the best talent in the world at officiating because this sport makes so much damn money and we don't pay the kids. So we've got all this influx of gazoogles of cash we need to hold these people to the highest of standards. We need to make sure that this is their full-time job, that they're only focused on being right and getting good and are being good and getting right. Say that right. And, and it's bad. It's bad. Thank God. I don't believe it affected the outcome of this game, but I mean, it could have, they absolutely took a, a, a clean, perfect touchdown away from LSU at the end of the game completely took it away from them at the end of the game. Oh yeah. And thankfully they still scored on that drive to take the lead. But it, I mean that, that if they don't score on the next play, that's Purdue Minnesota all over again. It's you took a, a perfect catch. You took the catch away at every review. You see, it's a catch and it's a touchdown and, and they reviewed it and they said, no, no, they it's turned not. It, yeah. Turn it the other way. Yeah, it, it was. I don't was, know how you can be that bad at it. The Big Ten, I was pissed off, rightfully so. Everybody in the country was pissed off at the Big Ten for the Purdue Minnesota job. I'm telling you, they don't have a patent on 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 shitty officials. Okay, they yeah, they don't have the, the standard of the rights. <laughs> it's awful. It's, it's awful. It's pretty bad. It is pretty bad. Uh, moving off of that one, let's talk about Georgia really quick. If I told you that J T. Daniels was 28 out of 38 for 401 yards and four touchdowns in his first start at Georgia. Uh, and then I told you that they were playing against Mississippi State, who is one end, you know, whatever uh, on the season and has not looked good, has not been able to score all season. What would you have thought this score would have been? So I watched a lot of this game. I watched all of this game. Yeah. I'm going to tell you that this is one of those stories where stats lie. Okay, which, which part? Georgia's offense is not good at all. JT Daniels is not good at all. Well, look, 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 look. Let's hold off on that. I, oh, I'm I think, not holding off on that. I think JT Daniels is all right. He made some throws that Georgia quarterbacks. Yeah, that you we've and seen whoever the season. nutsack that was calling the game. This kid is gonna be spectacular. Oh my gosh! They did a flea flicker and he threw the ball for a three yard pass. Yes. Oh, no, I, have you ever seen that in your life? I look, look, look. I, I have seen. And that. literally, the announcer was like, "I am so impressed with the poise of this kid. Okay. He threw a three yard fucking pass on a flea flicker." Okay, it was, yes, I understand that. But the the play down the field, like, at least he was smart enough to realize the play down the field was not there because the state oh, defender God. was all over him. Stop uh, the ball washing for JT Daniels. No, 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 I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that he's great. I'm saying if I told you that that was what his stats were, you would have thought that Georgia would have won this game by, you know, four touchdowns. Like, Mississippi State has not been able to score on anybody all season. And in this game... One, that Mississippi State defense held Georgia to 23 carries for eight yards rushing. That's pretty intense, right? That's a big thing. Now, Georgia also held Mississippi State 14 carries, 22 yards, but we don't expect rushing out of Mississippi State. They don't, they Will, don't run the football. Will Rogers 
52 attempts, had 41 completions, 336 yards, one touchdown. They held on to the football uh, for a long time in this ballgame. They dominate this game from every stat but one. Yeah. Yeah. Passes down the field of 20 yards or more. Georgia did not have an offense. Georgia, JT Daniels, could not run an offense. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't throw underneath. They couldn't throw slants. They couldn't throw typical offenses. You know what their offense was? We are going to out-athlete them. And they just they just ran deep routes where the DBs for Mississippi State just cannot hang with Georgia's receivers. And those guys are wide-ass open down the field. But they couldn't get open 10 yards or less. They couldn't get open 12 yards or less. They weren't able to. That defense was suffocating. Their only trick was a hell of a trick, but their only trick was 30-yard passes. Yeah. No, it, it certainly was, and it wasn't the this, That's winning winning hides flaws, okay? And JT Daniels ain't any better than these other guys because when you play other defenses that can actually cover somebody, Mississippi State went to this game with 49 scholarship players. Yeah, that's – yeah. I mean, it's crazy. And those scholarship kids ain't close to the scholarship. There's not a four-star on the field. Yeah, it's it's pretty intense. Like, there was, there was no reason – uh, that state should have ever been in this ball game, and yet Georgia they, they is were flawed. Georgia's going to lose another game. Uh, I mean, we'll see. Uh, you know, they, it's not like they got a whole lot left on their schedule. They've got uh, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and you know, and possibly Missouri that they're going to be say, doing. If, so. they, if they play that Missouri game, they're going to lose that game. I don't know. Missouri didn't look very good yesterday. Uh, I don't care. We'll, we'll we'll talk about it. But uh, JT Daniels made the rows that nobody else on that roster could make. If Stetson Bennett had been playing in this game, they would have lost the game. Period. Like he okay. he made some really be, remarkable you, throws. Um, you I'm might not be saying right. he's great. He, he didn't but, make remarkable throws. He made deep ball passes to guys that were open by four yards. No, I, I I watched a very large portion of this ball game, and there were throws in the end zone, at throws across the field, and whatnot that he hit guys that Stetson Bennett and and uh, uh, Mathis would not have been able to hit. Period. That doesn't mean he's great. Because no, no, those I'm not saying he's great, Dick. <laughs> I'm saying that he puts them in a better position than they were before. Oh, it's yes, not, it's, I don't disagree with that. He's still not good. No, I don't. I don't think that he makes them great by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, they, I mean, they they gave up 24 uh, earned points, like for Mississippi State. Like that's I, that was surprising. State went on long, sustainable drives. I I was that is that is domination of a team. I was shocked. At, at how efficient and how good Mississippi State looked compared to what we have seen from them this year. So so let me tell you the worst thing that ever happened to Mississippi State. Okay. The worst thing that happened to them is beating the hell out of LSU. Because what did it do? It hid all the flaws of their quarterback. They've been starting the wrong quarterback this whole time. Yeah. I think if I think if that kid beats LSU by by a hair, and they, they only score 35, there's no way they give him the amount of rope they gave him all season long. The last five games, they, they the only justification of continually starting him was, look what he did with LSU. Maybe we can recreate that. Maybe he can get hot and do that. No, no, no. no. That one ass whipping that they had to open the season – is the reason they went 0-5 with no yards and no points from that point forward. I I look at it a little differently. Will Rogers is a true freshman. He had no spring practice. He had very little fall practice at all 
he just it, it I think it took a while to be able to get him implemented but into you still this offense. Wouldn't have, you still wouldn't have continued to go to what's his nuts. Uh, agreed, but I, I also don't think that Will Rogers would have beaten LSU in that first game. Like, no, it, I'm not saying he. I'm not saying he would have. I'm just telling you that ass whipping that they put on LSU actually hurt them. Okay, because it I, I, made them believe this other guy's really good. And so week four, when you've got three games of him looking like shit, you don't say, well, let's bench him and try this other kid now because he's been in the league and in our system for two and a half months. Maybe he can figure it out now. No, you keep saying, well, we hung 60 on LSU, so he's got to still be our guy, right? Yeah. It, it led you into a false sense of security. This is what I talk about when I say winning hides flaws so many times. Yeah. 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 I'm I'm with you. I'm with Georgia you. being able to out athlete guys hides all the flaws of their offense. I hope they do win out. I hope they do because that means next year they're bringing all these guys back. They're bringing the coordinators back. They're, they're not going to run change. the same thing. Yeah. They're not going to change anything because we only lost to Florida. So who can fault us for that? We win that game. We're still undefeated. We go to SEC, whatever. No, no, no. It's going to hide all the flaws. They're going to run it back. And next year, they're going to fall on their dick because yeah. they're not good. Auburn 30, Tennessee 17. Uh, why does Pruitt continue to play, JG? Uh, so I watched this game last night with a buddy, and he said, are you sure about this Auburn play? And I said, I went, now I almost got backdoored. And I said, yes, this is my favorite bet on the day. I, I when when I gave out my, my picks, you know, Saturday morning, I said, this is, this is the safest pick. And I kept trying to match another team with it to give a two team parlay out. This was my favorite play of the day. And he said, what makes you believe so much in Auburn? I said, I don't. I said, as long as Gorantano's throwing the football, I'm going to bet against him. And there's not a number. If I was a bookie and you called me and said I would like to bet against Tennessee, I'd say no. I'm not going to. Let, I'm just not going to allow it. I'm not going to allow it. as long as Jared Gorantano's the quarterback. He's going to give Auburn every opportunity they can to win this football game and to cover. He's just really, really bad. I felt the exact same way last year about Felipe Franks, and I was a million percent right. And and all I wanted, Auburn got a huge hit on Gorantano about late in the second quarter. And I put my hands on my head. And I did exactly what I did last year when yep. Felipe Franks went down. I said, oh, no. I didn't get up, get up, get up. He was like, come on, man. No, we I said, no, 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 no. No, we don't want to hurt that guy. Pressure him. Give him fits. Don't hit him. Don't hit him. Treat him like he's got the red jersey on. Don't hit him. Because if that guy goes down, this bet could be over. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's exactly what it was. Harrison Bailey came in and looked. And drove down for the, for the, for the backdoor it's, score. It's what I said uh, when I when I said that I would be worried about this game because I thought this is the spot where they would they would play Bailey and they no. didn't and if you are Pruitt like I so I sat and I talked to my dad for a little bit last night about it and I said you know he he probably knows more about football than than I've he has forgotten more about football than than I will ever know yes. uh, but been watching we, it for a very long time we so we sat and, and it was thirteen to ten Auburn and Tennessee was driving down the field and there was like two. Something left, almost three minutes left in this ball in the in the third quarter, right? And Tennessee has a chance to take the lead in this spot going into the fourth quarter. And I no, was their defense played well. Pruitt had a defense uh, ready for this team. Yes, one hundred percent. And they were able to run the football. Eric Gray is an absolute monster. Being, no, we've talked about that. They're a quarterback away from being really good, and that's not that's, not little good, real good, Gary. And I I told my dad 
before we watched that play, I said, this, this is typically the kind of spot where, and it, I'm telling you, it was like three plays before this. I said, this is the spot where he's going to make some crippling mistake. At interception, <laughs> uh, you know, fumble, something, because he does it every game. So if you're Pruitt, why? The, he, because in, in his reasoning is uh, Garantano, Garantano, whatever it is, gives us the best opportunity to win the football game. And My, that is just patently not true. It can be true, but let's say it is. Why, when you've been running the football down the other team's throat, do you say, oh, let's now throw it here with a guy that is not capable of really throwing the football? Well, because, okay, so so you know how this works. You you still no, have to throw. No, I don't know how this works. No, no, no. You, no, you don't. No, you do not. I, I literally watched. I, I literally watched. What was the year? What was the year Auburn won the SEC title game? And twenty thirteen. Yeah, was that it? When when they when they ran the ball like thirty seven times and threw it three times and going into halftime, they asked Gus, you know, what do you think you need to do in in, in halftime? And he said, we need to run the football more. Like we we threw it way too much there. Yeah. Like like when you're this is why this is why the old man in me still loves the run. When you are running the football, you are taking the will, you're taking the life, you're taking the soul away from your opponent. There's not a damn thing they can do about it. And if you can run it and you can pound it down their throat, you don't need to okey-doke them. You don't need to hit them with the left and hit them with the left and hit them with the left and just waiting for the opportunity to hit them with the right. Just keep hitting them with the left and beat the hell out of them. Never stop doing it. Never. So the way that... But that that's a different Auburn offense compared to this Tennessee offense, right? This Tennessee offense. I don't offense think is, it was last night when they tried to run the football and they ran it three or four times in a row. Every run got a little farther and a little farther. If you watch those big runs, didn't come off of pass plays previously. They'd run it for three yards and then they'd run it for nine and get the first down and then they'd run it again for eight more yards. It's just like. They were taking Auburn's will. They were taking the defense away. I was. I. I'm not going to fault them for throwing the football a little bit because the I way will. that their offense works, they have to keep those safeties out of the line of scrimmage. When Auburn would bring eight, nine guys in the box, they were able to have success stopping the run. When they, when they did not do that, when Tennessee was able to complete some of these passes down the field, they were able to get those safeties back because you at least have the threat of something, right? Now, the pass that he threw, uh, if he had just read the safety, he would have been fine. Instead, Smoke Monday grabs it, takes it back 100 yards for a touchdown, flips the whole ball game, game over, right? And Gary, that's, that's the way it works. If he could read a defense, he wouldn't suck the amount of dick that he sucks. That's <laughs> He wouldn't be as bad as he is if he could read the defense, Gary. I know, I know, but that's what I'm saying is that you're, you're asking Why? him to be capable of doing something he's not capable of doing, and we've got two years' worth of film knowing he can't do this thing. We, I mean, we've got more than that, but but yes, you're you're right, and that's why I'm so curious as to why Pruitt this, continues. I'll tell you this. As, so, so Pruitt's got a lot of fall. They're a quarterback away from being good, and, and that's the difference between do you fire Pruitt or not. If he can get a quarterback, if he can go out and – Mortgage the bank. Go to go to every booster he's got and say, I need as much bloody money as possible. I need stacks and stacks of cash. And I need to walk the best quarterback into a room and say, This is all yours. 
go get some suitcases, take it to the house, and come be our quarterback next year. They're a scary team. They're a hell of a lot better than Georgia if they're a quarterback. Well, and, and who's to say that Harrison Bailey isn't that guy? Right. I like, don't think Harrison Bailey's that guy. Well, I mean, if he was freshman, that good, like, if he was that good, Gary, he would be showing it in practice to a point in which the coaches knew he was the best option they had. I mean, maybe I just at, at some point the, I would I'll like for this, them to give him the the, the rest keys. of that team doesn't look like they quit when Gorantano starts the game, and that's the issue. If that locker room believed that Harrison Bailey was the guy they would be fighting for him because they, you know, as well as I do in football, you don't care anything about the best guys got to play who gives us the best chance of winning. We don't want to lose. I mean, those defensive guys have been tweeting uh, that they want Harrison Bailey to to play. Like they want him starting. Yeah, but they're and, not the, they're not the, they're not the guys on offense. That's who I care about. I watch the offensive linemen. I watch how receivers run routes. When, when receivers quit on guys, if they know they're not getting the ball, they don't try. They're not trying. When 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 offensive linemen know that they've got the worst guy in, they're not fighting like hell in the trench. Running backs aren't blocking. They're not. They're just not doing things that you're asked to do unless you're getting the ball. Yeah. You, you've seen teams, quote, unquote, give up on a player, and then the other kid come in, and all of a sudden all the players on offense immediately just look like they're electrified. And you think, how did this happen? Oh, because all of these guys for three months have been watching the best guy sit on the bench in practice, not getting the start, and now the best guy's starting, so now everybody's amped up. That didn't happen when Bailey came in. I think Bailey's better than Guarantano, yes. He's not that guy, though. Go out maybe, and get that guy. Yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Let's uh, let's roll through the rest of the SEC right quick. Uh, Florida won 38-17, did not look good. Uh, in this game, but you know they get the win, so it is what it is. I don't, I don't care. They're they're, they're winning advance. They just got a yeah. date with Alabama, and nothing else matters. Missouri seventeen, South Carolina ten. Uh, South Carolina put up a little more fight than I anticipated. A lot of people bet. I mean, Missouri was all the way up to what, like an eight point favorite at. Uh, at yeah, it was a big. It was a big number. It, it was a big number. It got up there. Yep, it definitely did. So that one got up there, uh, and then Alabama sixty three to three over Kentucky, and uh, and honestly, didn't even play that well. Uh, but they didn't have to. So they didn't have to. Kentucky's a bad football team. Yep, you got that right. Uh, moving on, let's talk about the Big Twelve. Right, we're going to kind of rapid fire some of these. However, I do want to talk about the Big Twelve really quick because uh, Iowa State is is really going to win this damn conference. I think. <laughs> I mean, they I just... think you're right. I think you're right. You and the Bear had them picked before the season started. I had OK State. I think I got the bad dog in the fight. Um, Forty-five. Even I got nothing. the head-to-head win. Yeah. I got the head-to-head win. I uh, I couldn't win Texas. And I couldn't beat Oklahoma. So forty-five to nothing. Iowa State wins, which puts us in a very interesting position leading into next week. Because uh, if Iowa State were to lose to Texas, that puts us in a a strange four-way tie for the division. And you know, it, obviously, there's still more football games to be played. But uh, because but none of these teams will play one another, so we just kind of all assume they will all beat the other teams they play. We we think so. We think so. And and if that were to happen, Iowa State would be six and two. Ten, uh, Texas would be five and two, and they still got to play Kansas and, and whatever, right? So, uh, but Iowa State would they be, will all have two losses. Yes, uh, all okay. to one another. So Iowa State would be one and two against the other three. Oklahoma would be two and one against the other three. Texas would be two and one against the other three, and Oklahoma State would be one and two against the other three, and that is where it gets interesting. Uh, Iowa State's only loss in conference as of right now is to Oklahoma State. However, if they are to lose to Texas, uh, you know 
the only win over a top uh, team would be over Oklahoma. You know, Texas, their losses were to Oklahoma and uh, in TCU. So in that situation, it actually helps Texas and Oklahoma that they lost to Kansas State and TCU as opposed to one of the other top teams. And it's just a weird tiebreaker. Like, it's it, it's so, strange to say that, uh, well, because you lost to a lesser team, um, but you beat the better teams, like, then you, you advance. All right, like, so before we started this, I thought about how ridiculous that was, and and I, I was kind of going off on it. You 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 used the phrase that we didn't use earlier, which is yes, they have a way worse loss, but in college football, we don't really look at losses; we look at wins. Yeah, and they have way better wins. Yeah, that's that's the issue. Is is yes, I think it's ridiculous that we reward a team for losing to Kansas State or losing to TCU when they're not good. And the other teams only lost to good teams. That has to matter, right? Yeah, but those other teams didn't beat any good teams because both the good teams they played, Texas and Oklahoma, they beat one of the three good teams that they played, and they lost to the other two. And that's that has to matter. Now, this is the only way this gets flipped up on its head is if Iowa State loses to Texas. But right now, the way Iowa State's playing, holy shit. So yeah. we're going to do – a opening line show this evening. What do you think that line is going to open at? I think Texas will actually open the favorite. I do too. What do you think it's going to be? Probably three. You think it's field goal or less? I think it's field goal. I think it is too. This is one of those spots where normally I like betting against the team coming off the big massive win because I think they're going to be overvalued and overrated. I don't know. I I think... <laughs> I think Iowa State is playing great football. Yes, they certainly They're not are. making any mistakes. I will tell you that. They're not beating themselves at all. They're not getting shitty penalties. They're not turning the football over. They are doing – forget about dominating Texas, uh, Kansas State. They are doing everything right. If you're going to beat them, you have to beat them. So they their last three games, they have beaten Kansas 52-22 to – they that had no a week cares. off before this Kansas State game, forty-five to nothing. But the week before that, they beat Baylor, thirty-eight to thirty-one. They did not dominate Baylor, and you know they they've had some some big time wins, uh, right with the you know Texas Tech. They gave up a late touchdown, but they they were certainly in control of that game the entire time. Uh, against Oklahoma, of course, that's a big time win. They won at, um, let's see, they won at uh, uh, TCU, all that kind of stuff. Um, so let me. Let's see. Let's let's go on a dive out of this because we got a lot of stuff to hit, and and That's we right. are you know we're way into this. Let's talk about the ACC right quick. Uh, Liberty loses their first game of the season. NC State fifteen, Liberty fourteen. Blocked kick, blocked field goal at the end of the game. Liberty, um, you know it, it is what it is. Liberty was undefeated. Now they're not. We we kind of thought this might be the spot where they lose. NC State didn't look great, but they did what they had to do. Uh, better defensive performance. Uh, Justin Fuente. I, he might be on his way out of town. Forty-seven to fourteen, lost to Pitt. I, I mean, yep. It, I don't even know what to say about it. It's just yep. That's putrid. Uh, Virginia gets fifty-five to fifteen win over Abilene Christian, and Louisville beat Syracuse thirty to nothing. That was nothing to write home about on Friday. Moving into the Big Ten, and uh, you know, and Nebraska wanted football to come back so badly, and they embarrassed themselves. Forty-one to twenty-three loss to Illinois, and my God, I mean, that was just putrid. Future performance. Everybody thought Penn State was going to get their win this week. Uh, no, 
Absolutely not. 41-21 to 21 loss to Iowa. This is the worst start in program history for Penn State. Uh, did you stay up and watch Michigan and Rutgers last night? I did. I watched all of that. Rutgers fights hard, man. Rutgers yep. fights hard. Tennessee is going to end up kicking themselves for the bullshit that they did to Greg Schiano. Yeah. And I said that when it happened, by the way. There's no reason why Rutgers should have been in this ballgame, and yet they were. They uh, fight hard. They, 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 they had the lead teams and compete with teams they're not supposed to compete with. Has Michigan been playing the wrong quarterback all year? Yes. Uh, you know how much I hate that. You know how much I like Milton. God, I like this kid. Yep. But Kate McNamara came in when they were down uh, no. 17 to nothing. Last week, you, you pointed the numbers out last week. You pointed the numbers out last night. Because I didn't watch a lick of this game until it got into overtime because I was in the Mississippi State-Georgia game all, yeah. all, all, all way through. Um, I, I... I just like that kid, man. I, I hate that he he's not as good. He's yeah. just not. He's not. Uh, Friday night, Minnesota 34, Purdue 31. Horrible offensive pass interference call that negated a touchdown that would have won the game for Purdue. Uh, I don't know how else you can say it. That was just uh, malpractice by the officiating committee. It was, it was complete robbery. Yeah. It, there, there was no – you could watch that, that play a, a billion more times and you would never find offensive pass interference. I mean, he never – he 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 touched the guy before the ball left the uh, the quarterback's hand. It just oh, it was awful, just awful. Yes, he, felt he extended terrible his him. arm. He extended his arm. In one view, you see him extend his arm, and all the other views, you see him extend his arm, and you notice he doesn't touch anybody. You're allowed to do anything you want with your hands if you don't make contact with the other player. No, you can you can make contact with the other player. That's they they call it hand fighting. You can do that. When the ball has not left the quarterback's hand. No, it was just atrocious. And I don't understand why the other officials who have a better angle on this don't go over and say, pick this flag up. You got this wrong. Yeah, I, I don't understand it, but it is what it is. Let's uh, let's move to the Pac-12. And Oregon, 38, UCLA 35. I think that uh, maybe we were wrong on Chip Kelly and he just had the wrong quarterback. For, he know. hasn't had a quarterback since he's gotten there, not just the wrong quarterback. He hasn't yeah. had one. I think he's got one. I would love to see. You know how much I like Chip Kelly at Oregon. I, I, I thought he got a raw deal in the NFL. Yeah. I would like to see him get do something here at UCLA. Uh, Oregon with this game, I don't know what this means about Oregon necessarily. I don't really know what it means about UCLA. I think you Oregon's know. good. I don't think Oregon's great. Yeah. I, I, okay, that – that's probably the best way to put it. Uh, Oregon State gets a upset win over Cal, thirty-one to twenty-seven, and that was an exciting ass ball game, man. I had that on one of my four screens, and I was watching right at the end. They get the interception to keep Cal out of the end zone. Uh, massive win for Jonathan Smith and that bunch. Uh, Cal is going through it, man. They are they are missing a bunch of dudes. They're not able to practice at home. It's just a, a big issue. Uh, Washington forty-four, Arizona twenty-seven. Arizona is who we thought they were. And then USC gets a big win over Utah, 33-17. to I kind of thought this would happen. Kyle Whittingham's yep. bunch dealing with COVID, but also... Uh, they're young. They're young. They're young. They're young. They're and, young. And also, they, they do not fare well against air raid offenses. They just don't. And it, it's been like that forever, and I don't expect it to change anytime soon, uh, especially this season. So, uh, ACC, or sorry, AAC, uh, the Thursday night game. Tulsa 30, Tulane 24, and that was a freaking miracle in Tulsa. There was no reason that they should have won that ball game. They were on their third string quarterback. It was just a problem. So, so Tulsa, of course, has a, a little bit of the magic. East Carolina gets twenty eight to three win over Temple. The interesting stuff that went on with that one. They had to delay the game by like an hour because one of the players for Temple, his girlfriend, tested positive for COVID right before the ball game. So then they had to go and do an antigen test on him to make sure that he was negative. Um, 
And and because of that, they also had to contact trace like 10 other players. Like Temple had no shot in this game. No shot whatsoever. And instead, you know, they, they played the game anyway. So cheers to them to, for at least playing. But East Carolina drubs them. Uh, Memphis 56 to se- or 56 to 14 over Stephen F. Austin. The Sun Belt, of course, we love the Sun Belt. We've already talked about the biggest game of the day, and uh, that was the uh, the Coastal Carolina and App State game. But Army gets a 28-27 win over Georgia Southern. Uh, that was interesting at the very end. Um, Georgia State 31-14 and Texas State 47-45 over Arkansas State. Conference USA. Uh, man, you know, I, <laughs> I don't know what to make of Conference USA. I uh, Western Kentucky thirty eight to twenty one over Florida National North Texas twenty seven to fourteen over Rice UTSA twenty three to twenty over Southern Miss Middle Tennessee twenty to uh, seventeen over Troy and then FAU twenty four to two on UMass and then uh, we'll close out uh, Mountain West Nevada twenty six SDSU twenty one um, SDSU had a shot to win the ball game at the very end and you know it uh, it was rough it was rough so you know. Uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and close this show out and and knock this out. We'll let Chris get out of here. Uh, Boise State, Hawaii. Boise State had the cover all the way until the very end. They gave up a last-second touchdown or last last few minutes touchdown and then held on to the ball and didn't score, and it was what it was. 40-32 and then Air Force 28 to nothing over New Mexico on Friday night. Uh, BYU wiped the floor over North Alabama. That moves them to 8-0. That's the first time since uh, the early 80s that they have been 8-0. And, uh, and cheers to them. Cheers to them. That's a, a pretty good win. You know, North Alabama is not much to write home about, but we'll see. We'll see what uh, BYU does. I think they've only got San Diego State left, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see what ends up happening with that. But uh, yeah, that is going to wrap up today's show. We hope everybody has had a good Sunday morning or a good Monday whenever you listen to this. So we hope uh, we hope all is well in your corner of the world. Go over to winningcureseverything.com. That's where all of our picks, previews, podcasts, videos, social media platforms are found. Make sure. That you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Gary WCE. Chris is at Chris B Giannini. So you can go ahead and check that bad boy out. Uh, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. If you're listening to this, it's a podcast exclusive. We certainly appreciate you for doing so. Leave a nice five star written review over there, and you can find our SBR uh, gambling show over at sbrpicks.com/ncaf or sbrpicks on YouTube. Go to sportsbookreview.com. That's where you'll find all of our stuff. Uh, we will have a Monday opening line show a Tuesday deep dives and pick show at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. So go and check that bad boy out. And on Saturday, Saturday mornings, 11 a.m. Eastern time, we do our closing line show. So go and check that out as well. Uh, Go ahead and close out for Chris here. Uh, We appreciate you guys. We will let you all know uh, what else is going on in the world of college football later on this week. But we certainly appreciate you for joining in with us. Take care of each other. Take care of yourself. And uh, let's cash some tickets this week. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com. Or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.